Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Today's guest is 14-year NBA veteran, former head coach of the Denver Nuggets and current head coach of the G League Ignite, Brian Shaw. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Chad. The NBA does something really unique uh, this year. Uh, ever since there was that 19-year-old age limit that was introduced by the NBA in 2005, some prospects just haven't been a great fit. And so prospects go overseas. Sometimes they stay in prep school for a few years. Sometimes they just skip everything altogether and train with a trainer. And this year, the NBA decided to make another really enticing offer uh, for, for players with the G League Ignite team. And you've been the head coach of that team uh, this year. And I just wanted to start by asking you, what was that experience like? You've been an NBA head coach. You've been a college basketball player. You were a 14-year NBA veteran. Uh, you know, from all of your experience, what was that experience like uh, in the G League for these young 18- and 19-year-old prospects coming in? Well, I would say, uh, I mean, I have to give them, uh, the, the young guys that came aboard, uh, an extra star and asterisk uh, just because of the, how crazy this year was with the pandemic and the protocols that they had to go through just to be able to get on the court uh, and work out every day. And, um, you know, so um, I think it's a great thing that the NBA and the G League is behind uh, in terms of giving these players uh, an opportunity to be introduced to NBA terminology work ethic, um, you know, what it takes to be a pro on and off the court, um, the offensive and defensive NBA sets, um, you know, giving them that introduction um, and having a whole year to basically, um, you know, kind of study and uh, get in, you know, in step with what it's going to take to not only make it on the next level, but also uh, sustain that effort and and stay and make an impact once you get there, um, and and then how to avoid the the pitfalls and the traps um, that are out there. And so, um, you know, as you said, the college route is not the way for everybody. Um, you know, I know growing up, my parents pushed both my sister and I to you know to do the best we could in high school, and then you know go to college, and um, and I went that route. My sister, um, you know, school wasn't for her. So as soon as she graduated from high school, she just wanted to work and start making money. And so, um, you know, this is another option um, that, you know, where you if your school is not for you um, and if you were going to be one of these elite talents where you were going to probably be one and done anyway, um, and you don't want to go all the way across the water to try to make some money. Um, you don't want to go to class. Um, I think that that is a you know pretty pretty good thing that the NBA put out there to give them an option to go this route. You played college ball at UC Santa Barbara, uh, and so you had that college experience. You've had the pro experience of playing in the NBA. You also played overseas uh, for a while as well. How do you compare that experience to what these young men got uh, in the G League this year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very different. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if, if I could have never imagined myself, you know, at 18 years old, um, you know, 
playing against grown men, um, you know, and, and with the physicality of the game and the speed of the game, um, you know, but these are different times. Their, their talent level far surpasses what mine was, uh, you know, at their age. And, um, you know, physically, you know, for instance, Jonathan Kaminga's body was already, you know, built and ready. You know, he's a man already, uh, you know, in terms of his physical uh, stature. Um, but, you know, these guys have been playing against top notch competition and, you know, where, you know, like I said, they probably would have been uh, one and done anyway if they would have gone to college. And so, you know, one thing that you may miss out on a little bit is the social aspects of of, of what you get when you go to a university, um, you know, dealing with all the students. But, you know, once again, this was a, a unique year. And so, you know, my kids who are in college, uh, they did school online. So um, in terms of that, I don't know that they missed out on very much. Um, you know, hopefully things will get back to normal and, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit different. But um, like I said, the, the advantage of being of kind of getting a jump start uh, and being paid, you know, legally um, <laughs> uh, very well for doing what you love to do and, you know, and, and wanting to get to that next level um, I don't, and still having the option to have school paid for. Uh, by our program once it's all done uh, it's you know for those type of t talents um, to me it's a it's a no-brainer all right that's a great intro into what happened with these young men this year uh, I want to do some scouting now with you um, thinking about these top prospects you have this great experience with them as their head coach you also have that experience as an NBA head coach and former NBA players so you know what it takes to make the transition from the next level. And as close as the G League is to the NBA, it's still not the NBA. Uh, and, and there's still a big leap that's gonna happen. Uh, though I, I've had a lot of scouts tell me, I, I don't know if you think this is true, that they think the leap from the G League to the NBA is a much smaller leap than from even a high level college basketball team to the NBA. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, and I wouldn't have had anything to base that on had I not had this experience this year. Um, but and I think this year in particular, the, the talent pool in the G League was the best that it's ever been um, based on the fact that a lot of guys that would have gone overseas um, didn't have the opportunity to, to do that because of the pandemic, um, that not all of the teams opted in to the G League season. So out of 28 teams, 17 opted in, 11 opted not to participate. Um, and what they ended up doing was having a, a draft basically of 28 teams worth of players and condensed that into 17 teams. And so you got the cream of the crop out of uh, the guys that would have been in the G League, uh, you know, anyway. And so, um, you know, our guys got to play not only with on their team, uh, the veterans that we had, like Jared Jack and Amir Johnson and Bobby Brown, who who played in the NBA um, and could and, you know, so they practiced against those guys every day, um, got to pick their brains. But, you know, the the a lot of the guys that they played against uh, on a night in, night out basis um, were assignments from NBA teams or two way players from NBA teams or ex NBA players. Um, that were very high, you know, a lot, there were, there were, you know, a handful of guys who were lottery picks uh, at some point. And um, I don't, I just don't think that you're getting that type of competition 
even at the highest level, uh, uh, NC2A teams, uh, you know, on a, on a daily basis, uh, not to mention the fact that the G League uh, players are hungry. They don't make a lot of money. Um, so they're fighting to, to put food on their table and, and, and to take food off of yours. And so these guys, you know, the guys on our team, they had a target on their back the, whole, the entire season. Um, but they didn't back down and they, 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 all of them did exceptionally well. Um, and, and I think it gave them a good indication of what it's, like I said, what it's going to take, not just to get there, but also if you want to make an impact, um, what it's going to take to shine on that level. All right, that's a great introduction. We're going to dive into scouting reports on Jalen Green and Jonathan Kamingo when we come back. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk about our new sponsor, rockauto.com. It's a family business. It's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. And if you think about chain stores and they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody they're reliably low they offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then you choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And we're back talking G League with G League Ignite head coach Brian Shaw. You can read more scouting reports on these G League players. Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Dyson Nix, Isaiah Todd. Over on my new website, www.nbabigboard.com. You find tons of scouting reports there, or Big Board 4.0. And this new, newest article, Scouting These G League Prospects. This is the last week that everything's going to be free. Make sure you sign up, uh, subscribe. Uh, the cost of subscription is $7 a month, $70 a year. I really think it's going to be worth your money. We've got a mock draft coming next week. Go over to www.nbabigboard.com to check out this article. All of our podcasts are there, and we'll email you every article right when we publish it uh, directly into your inbox. We've talked a little bit about the G League experience. We're going to dive now into some scouting reports. Let's start with Jalen Green. Uh, Jalen was your leading scorer on this team this year. Uh, 
is in the mix for the number one pick uh, in this draft. I have him number four right now on my big board, but it's very, very tight uh, at the top right now. There's five really awesome prospects for this year's number one pick in the draft. Coach, from your perspective, tell us what Jalen Green does uh, that makes him worthy of being a potential number one pick in the draft. Well, I think first and foremost, um, just his attitude and approach towards the game. Um, You know, he's been the number one uh, ranked player in his class, I guess, the last couple of years. Um, And so he's always been a target. And he has, uh, he doesn't, as he says, I'm not backing down from any fades. Um, And that's a quote from from how he uh, terms how uh, his opponents come after him. And I mean, his work ethic, you know, I've been with, uh, you know, Kobe when he was young and Brandon Ingram, uh, when we drafted him when I was with the Lakers, uh, you know, and some some very good young players, Paul George, when I was uh, when he was young player in Indiana. And there's just a certain um, it factor that a lot of those guys had that I saw when they were Jalen's age. And. He has that. Um, And the, you know, when you couple that with the fact that he's willing to put in the work, um, you know, so he has that, that work ethic um, and he wants to be the best, um, you know, competes every day in practice and every drill from uh, just not wanting to lose a sprint to a shooting contest, um, you know, what have you. And then when you put all that together, and you, you actually get to compete uh, against somebody different out there on the floor, he, he has a knack to just be able to figure things out. So, you know, there were games where, you know, he would only have four points in the first half because teams were, you know, concentrating on, on shutting him down. Um, he would come in, in into the locker room at halftime, ask questions. What do you see, coach? Um, what do you, you know, how are they playing me? What do I need to do? And you tell them, and then he goes out there and figures out a way to get it done. And so, for, you know, for him to lead us in scoring and uh, his athleticism is effortless. Um, his shot selection improved, which, you know, he shot a good percentage from three as well as from uh, the field. And I think that was a big question mark uh, that, that people had on him. Um, you know, but but like I said, his, his shot shot selection improved, which increased his uh, shooting percentage. Um, he improved as a defensive player. And I think with a lot of young players, especially at the guard position, learning how to play, defend against pick and rolls and pin downs, uh, things of that nature, uh, they struggle. And he did, you know, early on, but he improved as the year went on. He also showed that he could when the, when the defense concentrates on stopping him, that he could make plays. Uh, for others. Um, and, you know, he, the last game that we played, uh, we got knocked out of the playoffs in the first round by the the Raptors uh, G League team. You know, he scored 30 points. Um, they were double teaming him, um, you know, to get him, get him off the ball. And, you know, he was playing against some good players, you know, Gary Payton, uh, the second who's playing with the Warriors now, Nick Stauskas, uh, Henry Ellis, Ellenson, Alizé Johnson, all these guys that are in the NBA right now, Malachi Flynn, um, you know, were on the opposing team and he was able to, you know, in a playoff setting, score 30, um, you know, giving us a chance uh, against some pretty, you know, high level players. And so I just think that he has it 
um, and he has the work ethic to go along with it. You see this effortless scoring. It's it's not hard to project him being a 25-point-a-night scorer uh, in the NBA. You couple that with this explosive athletic ability that he has, and as you say, that that sort of mentality, that, that killer mentality that he's going to go out, that he's fearless. What does he need to work on uh, to become – a, a superstar because I think everybody knows the talent level is extremely high here. What what is he going to have to do to become a a star in the NBA? Well, I, I think that it's inevitable that he will become a star. I mean, you know, one of the things like I just mentioned um, defensively, um, and that you know, with all these guys, like obviously he's he's a, he's slender, um, so he's going to have to get stronger. Now he's strong, he's wiry strong, but you know he's going to have to get stronger because there's going to be monsters that at that position that he plays night in and night out um, that he's going to have to be able to defend. And with most young players, um, coaches put you on the floor. If you're not defending, they're not going to have you out there on the floor. So um, continuing to grow in that area, uh, especially in the pick and roll game um, is I, he has a high basketball IQ, um, you know, so I'm not worried about that. And then just continuing to, uh, to be, selective in terms of the type of shots uh, that he takes um, so that he can shoot a high percentage because he can score from every level from three. uh, He can attack the basket and finish over and through contact. He can um, post up, um, you know, he's a good free throw shooter. And so, you know, offensively, he checks all the boxes he can play make for other people, um, you know, if need be, but I would say just defensively, just, just continuing to get stronger uh, and and to be able to negotiate uh, how to play against, you know, in pick and roll settings uh, and against high level scores that are coming off of pin downs and things of that nature. All right. That's a pretty, pretty stellar review from from your head coach right now. Let's let's move to Jonathan Kaminga, who I have just one spot lower, number 500 board, a year younger uh, than Jalen Green. He reclassifies, comes to the the, the G League and I think for a lot of NBA scouts, they'd seen less of Kaminga than they'd seen of Jalen Green. So a little bit more of a blank slate. Uh, gets off to a really hot, hot start. Uh, ends the season, unfortunately, with some injuries. What do you see? What's what's the scouting report on him? I, I, I still think he has a potential to be a top five pick for sure. And maybe even the number one pick in the draft. Uh, it's a little bit more projection with him. Uh, he's maybe not quite as far along as, as Jalen Green and a few others. But what's, what's your scouting report on Jonathan Kaminga? Well, I, I think that he's the most intriguing, probably the most intriguing prospect because, you know, he only came over to the States from the Congo, uh, you know, maybe five years ago. Um, and so I don't think that he's been playing basketball as long as everybody else has. But um, from a talent standpoint, and an athletic standpoint, um, he, he, to me, uh, from his phys- physical stature, was the most NBA ready um, out of the guys that are in this class. And, um, you know, having the body, having the athleticism, the strength, um, another player that can score, you know, when you watch him, it maybe doesn't look as smooth as, as Jalen um, on the offensive side but he's efficient and he gets it done. Um, and, you know, one of the areas that if, if he had to improve once again would be shot selection. Um, but he can, you know, once again, score from all three levels, you know, from the three 
um, driving to the basket, finishing through contact. He has a, a, a great post-up game, uh, real good footwork, um, has to improve on his free throw shooting, be a little bit more consistent at the free throw line. But I think maybe the best two-way player uh, in the draft. Um, we put him, you know, constantly during the season on whoever the head of the snake was for the opposing teams, regardless of position. So if we wanted to shut down the, the opposition's uh, uh, point guard, we could put him on it. He could switch to, switch to switch on the bigger guys uh, and be able to hold his ground. And, and um, you know, and so that's the part, you know, in terms of he, he reminds me a lot of, I got to uh, see and work out Jalen Brown a little bit before he entered the draft when he was coming out of Cal. Same kind of body type and athleticism. Kaminga's a little bigger. He's, you know, about 6'8". But, you know, you can see where, you know, Jalen Brown went third in the draft uh, the year he got drafted, and you can see what kind of player he turned into. And I think that Kaminga, that's probably the closest comparison um, that I would have in terms of uh, what type of player he'll project to be um, based on what I've seen so far this year. You talked a little bit about the free throw shooting shot selection. What else does he need to work on to, again, be an elite NBA player? Um, I, I think the biggest thing probably is just continuing to uh, get more experience. Just, you know, cause like I said, he hasn't played as long as everybody else has played. Um, and really, really increase, continue to, but increase uh, his film study um, so that he can become more familiar with the, the terminology and the NBA sets and, and things of that nature. Cause right now, He's what he's doing, which has been pretty incredible, is just off of raw talent. Um, and so once I think he becomes more knowledgeable or, or you know, more of a student of the game in terms of uh, of just studying, uh, you know, his opponents, um, looking at film of himself, you know, so that he can continue to grow um, and not make the same mistakes and understand, like, what's a good shot, what's not a good shot. Um, and, and that's hard to balance too, because, because he is so strong and he is so good that he can make a lot of tough shots. Um, but, you know, going up to the next level, no coach is going to turn the ball over to him and say, you know, you're the man as a rookie and, and, you know, lead our team. So he's going to have to play as will all of them, uh, learn how to play a role uh, and, and, and do that well and do the things that you, you know, that are important to a, to a successful team when you don't have the ball in your hand. And so just, I would say learning how to, you know, continuing to grow in the areas of what you're doing when you don't have the ball in your hand, which is, you know, a lot of it is about 80% of the time, uh, that you don't have the ball in your hand. And so, uh, but with that being said, excuse me, with that being said, um, he came in, uh, he, he's only 18 years old. I, I don't think he turns 19 until October. Um, you know, and so he's the youngest guy um, that was on our team, but maybe physically just the most impressive out of everybody that we had. All right, Coach, when we come back, we'll talk about two other prospects, Dacia Nix and Isaiah Todd. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk to you about my favorite protein energy bar 
It's Built Bar. And the thing about that I love about Built Bar is it is the most delicious bar that you're going to be able to get. It, it tastes like a candy bar. It's significantly more interesting to eat and taste than any other bar that's out there. It has a ton of, of flavors. There's caramel brownie, there's cookies and cream, there's cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake is a favorite, um, carrot cake, apple almond crisp is one of my favorites. And then those, those are the new flavors and there's like 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, that's another one of my, my personal favorites, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're not chalky or hard. They're actually soft and easy to chew. Uh, they, My kids love them. I have to fight my kids to keep them away uh, from the Built Bars because they, they think they're candy. And trust me, they have never wanted to eat the energy or protein bars that I've ever had before. I, I use them because I'm a runner. And, and I love them because they give me uh, energy and they, they have low calories, they're low sugar, uh, they're high protein, they're high fi fiber. If you're on the keto diet, um, which some of my family members are, uh, it's, it's great as well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built Bar. And we're back talking G League Ignite with G League Ignite's head coach, Brian Shaw. We've just broke down Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. I want to dive right into this with Dacian Nix, the point guard who has this really great creativity uh, passing the basketball. You can arg arguably one of the best passers in this draft. Uh, and he came off the bench for you this year for most of the season and curious how you see him and how you project him out as an NBA player. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, he'll, he'll be a successful NBA player. Um, I think with him uh, and hopefully wherever he ends up going, it'll be a good fit uh, for him. Now, he's a guy who um, has had the, no question, had the best feel for the game out of everybody on the team. Um, you know, if you watch him work out, uh, you know, just in a, in a regular workout, you may not be super impressed, but he's what I call a gamer. Uh, once the ball is thrown up in the air and you start going up and down, then you see, uh, you know, what he can do. And he, uh, you know, like I said, had the best feel for the game, especially if we got up and down in transition, uh, big, strong body um, that once he is able to get a step on you um, strong enough to keep you on his side, uh, keep you on his side and not let you get back in front of him um, and then be able to allow his instincts to make the right play, whether it's for him to try to finish or, you know, lay it off to one of one of his teammates. Defensively, um, great hands and great instincts. Um, and as for, for a point guard, that's the size that he is very, very light on his feet. Um, can really slide his feet and stay in front of people, um, but just has that natural, uh, you know, he's a pass first, 
point guard and, uh, you know, knack to, to put the ball on point and on time uh, to his teammates where they, can, where they can do something with the ball. One piece of feedback that I heard from scouts about him that was a bit of a concern is they questioned his conditioning. Um, he looked heavy. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if you could speak to that at all. Is this just a body type issue? He's in great shape and it's just his body type, or is this an area that he needs to improve on? Well, I, I think that, you know, he definitely has to improve on that, but I mean, there were some, um, you know, the things that I don't want to really get into that contributed to, uh, him, uh, playing at the weight that he played at this year, you know, all of, you know, there were quite a few of us on the team at whatever point, even myself that had, uh, that had COVID, Mm -hmm. um, early on in the pandemic. And, um, and so, you know, he, um, and he was affected as well. And I think that that, you know, that helped, I mean, that contributed to, uh, to his weight during the time that we were in the bubble. Um, but with that being said, um, you know, since the season's been over, um, I think he's lost eight or nine pounds. Um, and he knows that, that in order for him to look the part, um, and look more explosive and more athletic, um, it's going to help that he, uh, you know, if he's able to get in better condition and I I don't, I hesitate even to say get in better conditioning, condition, I would say, uh, lose some pounds, um, because he's, he can, he can get up and down and run, you know, and his size doesn't, you know, Charles Barkley was a big player. Oliver Miller was as big as he was as a player was very effective, uh, and on his feet, Andre Miller as a point guard position is somebody who I kind of compare Dacian to, um, was a bigger, you know, a bigger point guard, um, as well, John Bagley, who I played with in um, in Boston, you know the same thing. So he can still get things done. Um, if you're concerned about what you see, you know the eye test, it may turn you off a little bit, but um, but it has no effect on his ability to you know get up and down you know get up and down the floor. I would say, in terms of uh, weaknesses for him, areas of improvement, um, being more confident um because you know he 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 can shoot the ball with his feet set but he's a reluctant shooter um because he's always looking to pass and set up his teammates and in today's nba game um you know with the three-point line and carrying the threat of being a three-point shooter um he's gonna have to continue to hone that area of his game um and not be reluctant to shoot but like read the defense and if that's what they give you step up and take the shot and knock it down with confidence um, you know, so, um, and then he's, he's, he's quiet. Um, and at the point guard position, you know, you're the quarterback and you have to direct traffic and make sure that everybody, um, you know, is in the spots that they need to be in. And that's why in the second unit, I played him alongside Jared Jack, I, you know, I played both of them in the second unit together because Jared was very vocal, um, very take charge. And I wanted that to rub off on on Dacian in terms of how to to run a team, you know. And so um, I think that he he did grow in that area, and he has to continue to grow in that area. Um, but he'll be a he'll be a good solid player for somebody. All right, let's end with Isaiah Todd, a, a prospect that I think surprised NBA scouts um, this year. I, I don't think they were expecting 
much from him uh, this year with the G League Ignite. He just got better and better as the season went on. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how he projects as an NBA player. Well, so he he probably uh, improved his stock and opened the eyes of people more than anybody else on the team. I think Kaminga and Jalen were pretty set in where they you know where they where they will end up going. Um, and I was quite shocked after I got an opportunity to really work with Isaiah that early on he wasn't on anybody's draft boards. Um, and, um, you know, I had the opportunity of coaching both uh, all three, Jalen Kaminga, as well as uh, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga and Isaiah Todd at the Nike Hoop Academy uh, a couple of years ago. And um, so he, Isaiah stood out to me then, um, you know, and he's 6'10", and he has a frame, you know, he's probably 225 pounds, but he has a frame that he can really, really, you know, get stronger and put on some weight, and he is getting stronger. Um, But I did, with him, we, uh, he worked out with the guards every day, and he could do everything that the guards can do in terms of putting the ball on the floor, shooting it from three. He was one of our highest percentage uh, three-point shooters. Um, pick and pop, step backs, um, you know, decent post-up game, um, you know, and we just, you know, he, he can be a, a, a small ball center or he can be a, a you know, a, a four that can, uh, you know, like I say, pick and pop and really run the floor um, defensively just, you know, can wreak havoc with, havoc with his size and his mobility because we switched a lot one through five and he he showed the ability to be able to switch and stay in front of smaller guys um as well as you know be able to guard the guys his size um you know down low or wherever it may be um and so he had you know to me the a really impressive bubble season um, it opened the eyes of a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, in terms. I mean, he ended up he told me at the beginning he was a, he had been a 70 percent free throw shooter uh, in high school in AAU. And he wanted to get up to 80 or above. Uh, he worked on it every day. Um, I, I believe he finished a little above 80 percent from the free throw line for us. He shot our technical free throws. Um, and just overall, just played really, really well, um, knocking down threes consistently. And so, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen some of the, the mock draft things where he's, uh, you know, anywhere from the end of the first round, I've seen one to, you know, to about 10, 10 picks into the second round. Um, I just think that he is a really, really good player. And I think that a lot of people are sleeping on him. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with GMs and scouts uh, since our season's been over. And, you know, and, and, and like some of them have him, you know, towards the end of the first round. Some of them have him, uh, you know, t- towards the top of the second round. So um, I just think he's going to be a solid player. And, you know, what he showed was just kind of the tip of the iceberg um, in terms of what I think he'll be able to do going forward as he gets more experience. He's Coach Brian Shaw, uh, G League Ignite. Coach, really appreciate your time and your insight uh, talking about each of these prospects and and wish you luck next year. Do you think this is, you think you're going to start to see more prospects now 
come into and and take this route uh, now that they've seen the success of Jalen and they've seen uh, Jonathan's success and even someone like Isaiah who really helped his draft stock um, in a situation like that? Do you think this is they're going to be the pioneers in a way um, that encourage more prospects to come? Yeah, I think they will. I think that that um, you know they have they definitely set the table. Um, I, I still think it'll take one more year. Um, I think with you know whatever next year's uh, group that comes in, um, you know the 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 people that are kind of skeptical or players that are skeptical um, want to see where in fact uh, Jalen and, and and Jonathan and Isaiah and Dacian get drafted. Um, and how they do. And I think that once they, once that kind of comes full circle, whenever the draft is end of July um, and they see that, and then they see this new, new crop that'll be coming in this year um, and kind of follow them. I think then, you know, the players will be a little bit more comfortable and, and you got to remember, it's not, we're not really um, it's not for everybody, right? It's really the elite talents, um, that are out there, elite prospects that are out there that, um, and, 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 and believe it or not, most of the families and stuff that, um, that our people are talking to, um, approach us. And so, you know, it's not like I say, it's not like, oh, just because you are pretty good in high school or in AAU that, you know, that you're going to be an option or, you know, somebody that, that this program is going to go after, we normally get contacted. Um, and a lot of times because of the, the salaries that they have an opportunity to make. And then when you think about it, the fact that you can legally get paid a lot of money. And if you were going to be a one and done guy anyway, um, and you can still get, you know, school paid for um, down the line, you know, within five years of whatever your professional career is, uh, that's hard to beat. And so, um, you know, along with being surrounded by, you know, Sharif Abdurrahim is the president, Rod Strickland is the program manager, um, myself as the head coach, uh, our trainer and strength conditioning coach, they've been uh, on NBA staffs as well as my assistant coaches. And so every angle that you, you possibly, uh, you know, have to deal with someone, they have NBA experience, know the blueprint, what it takes. Um, as well as our off the court player development people. And so, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, when you really take a hard look at this, um, it makes a lot of sense and it's hard to beat uh, on any level. Coach Brian Shaw with this, with a strong sell uh, right there about joining, joining the G League Ignite. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You can read more about the G League prospects over on my new newsletter and website, www.mbabigboard.com, where you have scouting reports on Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Dyson Nix, Isaiah Todd. And you can go there and also see those quotes from Brian Shaw uh, in addition. So make sure you give us your email address. Um, subscribe. This is going to be the last week that all of our content's free next week. We're going to be launching more scouting reports, our first mock draft of the season, and back on the podcast will be our old friend John Hollinger from The Athletic. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.